Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Monday, August 15, 2022. I'm Tim Geddes and I am thrilled to say that for what seems to be the 179th time I am joined by Imran the Don Khan on Kind of Funny Games Daily. And actually, like, I actually think this is the 101st time on the show. So number-wise, that would make no sense. But it does seem to be the 179th time. Okay, okay. So there's the KF Database. KFDatabase.com. Okay. You can go check out. And it has a whole bunch of stats about all the shows we've been on and stuff. I haven't fully figured out how to use it. So I just <laughs> tried my best to figure out how many Games Dailies Imran the Don Khan has been on. And I guess that I was wrong. But it's yeah, okay. I was- the last one was my 100th one, which is the only reason I know that. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know what? Congratulations on your 101st appearance <laughs> on Kinda Funny Games Daily. Imran, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Tim. Uh, feeling good, feeling refreshed. I'm off work today, so I'm on vacation this week, so I'm just kind of like hanging out and thinking about I could finish video games or I could just do nothing, and that mm-hmm. also is... That also feels just as good as fishing video games. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's been way too long since I've been t- able to talk to you about video games. So I'm yeah, excited. that's true. Like the last couple of times we've talked have been like social situations where we're usually we're stupid at, like, things. Yeah. Or like we're at a video game thing. And the last thing we want to talk about is video games while we're there. So like this, it'd be nice. It's nice to actually host a show with you again. Yes, it is. Especially this show, this holiest of shows, because today's stories include Disney and Marvel announcing a game showcase, Spider-Man scrapping a multiplayer mode, and more, because this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday, live at 10 a.m. right on twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news that you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us as we get things wrong, but go into uh, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash games or roosterteeth.com. And if you want to get us as a podcast, just search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games Daily. And we'll be right there for you. Uh, if you wanted to get the show ad free, if you wanted the exclusive post show, you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like um, so many of our beautiful Patreon producers, Fargo, Brady, Guy V, and the Saboteur have all done. We appreciate you all so very, very, very much. Uh, you can also be part of the show by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Some fun. Uh, housekeeping for you some things are going on tonight that are really exciting janet garcia just wrote this little blurb that i'm about to read to you heads up for kind of funny fans if you're a bronze supporter or higher you can compete in game trivia tonight at 6 p.m pacific snowbike mike is co-hosting min max's trivia tower and we're pitting the kind of funny community against min max's only one community can take the top spot if you are a patreon supporter you have a link to the special discord where the game trivia takes place you can win a code for cult of the lamb two point campus escape academy even an a40 headset from astro you can help defend kind of funny and prove that we're the smartest community on the internet by competing in trivia tower that's happening at 6 p.m pacific over on youtube.com slash minmax so go check that out very exciting stuff tonight can't wait to see mike crush the hosting role and ben and the team over there absolutely kill all the trivia stuff but our community will rise above isn't that right Imran? 
It, yeah, I think so. Like, MinMax beat Giant Bomb. So by transitive property, if you guys beat MinMax, you are actually the biggest and smartest community on the internet. That's the thing. Let's see what happens, y'all. Let's see what happens. Um, we're wasting a whole lot of time here. There's some really big news that I want to get to that based on how the chat's going right now, I don't I don't know if they they've they've caught on to what's going on <laughs> yet, which is a very exciting moment because I have a feeling the chat's about to absolutely blow up. Uh let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. Is being weird. Hold on. Uh, which one would it have been? Mike in. Let's try that one. Now they can hear oh, me. Oh, there we go. Does it? There we go. Yeah. He did it all. He did it all. He did it all. We have seven stories. All that stuff. We are about to start with story number one. Disney and Marvel are having a game showcase at D23. Uh, this comes from a Disney press release live from D23 Expo presented by Visa. Disney is streaming the Disney and Marvel game showcase to fans worldwide on Friday, September 9th at 1 p.m. Pacific. Tune in to the showcase hosted by Kind of Funnies, Blessing at Aoye Jr., baby. Whoa. I know that guy. Whoa, dude. Whoa, that's, that's Whoa. wild. Holy cow. Who is that? <laughs> Yeah, who is Bless. that? Congratulations, man. This is you you have ascended. This is a huge deal. Yeah, no, this is awesome. I I still can't believe it. It's like it's crazy to see the press release be out there cuz this is a thing that obviously like I've known for weeks and like <laughs> I still can't believe it hit me up to do this. This is like the coolest thing I've ever gotten to do. Yeah, it's it's going to be absolutely incredible. He's going to be hosting the panel at D23. Uh the game showcase showing off a whole bunch of of Disney and Marvel stuff. So very exciting stuff, Bless. I wanted to just have you here just to, to have your moment because uh, we're all very, very proud of you and you're going to absolutely kill this. And I just think this is the coolest thing in the world, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, I also think this is the coolest thing in the world. I, I, I get to do the fun thing where like for the next few weeks, I'm, I have to be very cagey and silent about anything I say regarding like anything, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure like you're used to, Tim, because you've hosted panels in the past. Like I know Greg's used to because he's done EA play and, and stuff like that. Now, now it gets to be my turn and I'm like, Oh, oh shoot this is wild like this is cool like i, uh, I when i first when the first year i joined kf right like by the end of that year i got to do um uh game awards future class and then the year after right was force 30 under 30 and once i got that i was like all right i, th I think that's it right i don't think it can get cooler than this like I, I think i've achieved everything that i've set out to achieve and like yeah when i got the email from disney i was like dang dude like this I I, like, I live such a cool and dope existence, and that is all thanks to the kind of funny audience. Uh, and that's thanks to you, Tim. That is thanks to to Greg Miller, and of course Imran. You two like being being there for the first. I mean, you, you know, you're my <laughs> you're my co-host on KFGD for so many of those days on on year one, uh, and I attribute I attribute that uh, to it too. But yeah, like thank you everybody. This is this is freaking awesome, and I can't wait for y'all to to actually see the showcase. Yeah, yeah. man, it's it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be great. Bless. Thank you so much for this. Now I'm gonna ask you to leave. So Hold Imran up. and I can, Wait. you know, start be speculating. Go for it, Imran. Before Bless leaves, mm -hmm. Bless just want to say we're all fucking proud of you. The mm -hmm. community's fucking proud of you. Holy shit, what a glow up in, like, what was it, four years since you were, like, prom king? And now you're, <laughs> oh, yeah. you're hosting Disney shit? Like, oh, my God. First, okay, second of all, can you get us passes to Disneyland? <laughs> oh, can you ask I gotta see if I can get myself passes to Disneyland. Okay. Once you, uh, when you see Chapic, ask him for like a pass for you and like maybe hire him, I guess, and then passes for the rest of us. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I gotta, I gotta peace out here because like 
I was told that the the same sniper that Kevin Feige got for Tom Holland, that's the same sniper that they got aimed at me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so like exactly. I gotta be I gotta be careful with my words. I, I, really quick, I love Alejandro Rea in the chat says our Disney prince blessed. That's oh, who you are. Oh, oh, my God. Dis- the, that's gotta be a new intro at this point now. The prom king, you know, the debatable Halloween king, but here we go. The Disney prince. <laughs> Blessing yeah, Eddie no. Oye Jr. <laughs> the other the other dope thing is that like, you know, I'm getting to to go down to to D twenty three, right? Uh for the games channel and all and all that uh they're talking about how like you know or not, not even talking about right i'm like i'm thinking about how backstage right i'm gonna get to hang out and i'm like who do i run into right do i get to run into like i don't know man like the disney channel stars do i get to run into like <laughs> that's Tom the Ma- one that comes to mind it's not like oh i maybe i'll see chris evans there or something no it's the disney channel oh stars. man oh forget chris what evans. is zach I'm and to, cody I'm, are there i'm trying to run into dylan Sp- exactly what is what <laughs> is zach and cody up to what's zach efron from high school musical up to like those are the people i'm trying to run into What's the voice it. actor of Mickey Mouse up to? That's Who what knows? Who knows, man? Well, bless. We're proud of you. Thank you so much, dude. We're of course kind of funny. We'll be live reacting to this panel, I'm sure, uh, when it when it happens. I don't think Bless will be on that. Actually, he won't be on it because he'll be there. Yeah, <laughs> I'll live, be a <laughs> We're doing it live, anyways. Uh, congrats, man. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, see you, dude. So, so now we we have the news out of the way, but uh, Imran, really exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting into the the news of this, right? In addition to all new announcements, fan can expect new reveals from titles including Disney Dreamlight Valley, Marvel's Midnight Suns, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga, and a sneak peek at upcoming Marvel ensemble game from Skydance New Media. Um, on, on top of that, they're saying the new content from Disney and Pixar games, Marvel games, Lucasfilm games, and 20th Century games. This sounds like a pretty sizable showcase uh compared to what i would have expected going into a d23 yeah game i wouldn't showcase. have thought like there would have been a d23 game showcase at all like that mm-hmm. that's not really ever been a thing they've always just left it to the publishers to show them stuff but it does seem like now they're when they're saying like lucasfilm games i assume that means like uh the new fallen order game which has a name that i've completely survivor. forgotten survivor, survivor. Yeah, jay survivor yeah but like this is exciting like this is this is things like we can speculate wildly right now of what they could possibly be, and we are totally. going to speculate wildly. But I, there's a ton of possible options of what could possibly be there. Well, here's the thing that kind of opens my mind to it all. Like, wow, there really anything can be here. Is we saw footage of Avatar in that the little trailer that um, Barrett was just playing. Mm. So it's like it is kind of interesting to think about being in the first time the first era where disney games like you know we got our homie john drake over there uh making his business deals always on the the phone and stuff uh but this is the first time similar to where marvel games has uh been doing its strategy of licensing out and we're not licensing working with uh in like very targeted developers on very specific types of games um over the last couple years as opposed to like the star wars strategy they had of like hey EA, you handle all of the stuff, but now they're getting out of that. And now the Star Wars brands kind of be being like specifically targeted of like, we want these devs for this and these devs for that. We're at this point where Disney games actually has a lot of worthwhile endeavors to talk about on mm. one stage, right? And the kind of like there was enough to talk about to do a showcase and have it not just be, you know, ex- forgive me, but Disney Dreamlight Valley and things like that, which like I feel like a couple of years ago, that's what a Disney showcase would be filled with. But here, this has the potential for updates on games we actually care about, like Jedi Survivor, uh, announcements of games that we don't even know we're excited about yet, but it could be cool. Um, upcoming Marvel Ensemble game from Skydance. I didn't expect to see anything from that anytime yeah. soon. 
right? Like Amy Hennig only recent, like relatively recently, went to Skydance to start this project up. So like they talked about it a little bit a couple of months ago. I didn't think it would be. It's probably just a CGI teaser. It's probably just mm-hmm. that. But that's still enough to get me like, oh shit, we're doing. Uh, if it's a Marvel ensemble game, I, we're doing Thunderbolts or something. I don't know. Like any of that sounds very cool. Oh, you think it's going to be an X-Men kind of thing? I mean, I, I haven't thought about it until you said Marvel ensemble. And I'm like, well, they're not going to do Avengers. They just did Guardians. What's mm. next, baby? I, mean, I could I could actually see it being Thunderbolts, though. Yeah. Because the movie is coming up soon. So it wouldn't be a movie tie in. But also... She has shown that she wanted to do that like ragtag rogue group with like the Star Wars game that mm-hmm. she did not get to do. So I can see her doing that with. I mean, this is just me like spitballing here, but yeah. that would it could be that it could be X Factor that would actually you know cro- do both those things. It would be the the mutants thing and the ragtag group. Like yeah. I can see a lot of shit that, that like. Oh man, I'm very like. I did not see this news until I came into this doc, but now I'm like very excited about all of this stuff. Yeah. And then, I mean, it could be Fantastic Four. Obviously, that would be another ensemble uh, situation. But what's also exciting about this is, and look, I don't expect this, especially with how PlayStation does their their reveals, but this would be a perfect place to see more Spider-Man 2 or or Wolverine stuff. They could could show like brief trailers and then say like, see more later this year, because we're about time for the Sony PlayStation, you know, thing they do like every September around there. So I assume we're going to see that soon, but they could have the small teasers or they could do like another CGI trailer or whatever and then say, see gameplay at X. That's like, it's up to Sony probably, it's up to Marvel how much they want to show, but that would be a good time to do it if they really want to whet some appetites. And I mean, I think that's the value of what this showcase potentially can be is that it can function as this hub that... Uh, can kind of play agnostic when it comes to what is shown. Like the fact that we could see the the Ubisoft avatar game next to the Skydance Marvel game next to the, you know what I mean? It's like, there's a lot of, of, of different publishers and developers that are sharing a stage just because of the shared IP. And yeah. that presents an interesting opportunity to use this as a launch pad for um, where we're going to see things next, including a potential PlayStation state of play or PlayStation showcase, whatever yeah. you want to call it. I mean, speaking of first parties, they say Lucasfilm Games. We it's been a while since we've heard about Indiana Jones. That's a very good point too. Yeah, man. One thing they did not mention, which maybe maybe it's a surprise, maybe they're not keeping the PR. Kingdom Hearts Four. Yeah, which that yeah that seems like it seems a reasonable place for a new trailer if they wanted to do it. If they wanted to show off like some Disney stuff there. I, I don't expect it necessarily because, like, that game seems very early. Like, Nomura was talking about it as if it's, like, barely started, really. But this would be a decent place for it. Here's the thing, Imran. You're mm. absolutely right. They debuted Toy Story World at D23 for they, Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't remember. I know they did Big Hero 6 there. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Either way, they did yeah. do a big pop. Uh, Kingdom Hearts uh, reveal at D23. If they're going to do this with a live audience for D23, they're going to want that hype. They understand what they have. They have the fans. They have an audience in the room where they're going to be making these announcements. So I think they're going to pull every string they can to get the the big heavy hitters. Like a Kingdom Hearts thing would make the, make the entire roof 
explode, yeah. right? So I feel like this is a this D23 thing is exciting for a million reasons. One, blessings hosting. So that's exciting. Two, this is an unprecedented showcase. We don't know what to expect. And there's so many exciting things to, to be looking for. But on top of that, this is more similar to a PSX than anything we've had in a long time where there is a targeted audience that cares about the IP in a room to get excited about the announcements being made of people on stage saying things right yeah like that it's, we're normally we're, for the last couple of years we've had a lot of digital showcases and when we do get in-person events it doesn't have this level of community to it so i think that i don't know man i'm i'm pretty hyped on this one <laughs> i was trying to to shake down blessing for information he would not give it up he, he <laughs> genuinely was like He's like, I'm sure there's like a Disney person just like around somewhere. So yeah. he would not tell me. I have no idea what's coming up here. I'm excited as hell. Yeah, man. So exciting. Uh, moving on, though, from D23 to other potential Marvel game stuff. Uh, story number two, Insomniac Spider-Man may have scrapped a multiplayer mode. This comes from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Marvel Spider-Man developer Insomniac Games appeared at once to have plans to include a multiplayer mode within the hit 2018 game. As reported by PC Gamer, Twitter user at DNI WetAmp found various mentions of multiplayer within files of Spider-Man's recent PC remaster, though it's unclear at what stage of development this mode was. In the tweet, the files reference what appears to be a competitive mode where two players playing as Peter Parker and Miles Morales would compete to be the superior Spider-Man. This is awesome y'all what's called the winner message reads either as peter parker is the superior spider-man or miles morales is the superior spider-man uh more explicitly further files listed under a multiplayer menu list player one player two red team blue team uh character one and character two a cooperative mode is also mentioned with separate files reading if set and then co-op character two will see this text both the original spider-man game and the miles morales spinoff are purely single player experiences despite each featuring the pair of spider-men though it'll be interesting to see if multiplayer is also mentioned in the files of the semi-sequel when it comes to pc later this year huh what do you think Mm -hmm. imran so my initial thought is there's no no way to tell for or no way for us to tell whether or not these files were in the original PS4 release or whether they were added for the PC version which if they were I don't think that means they were p- trying a multiplayer mode for Spider-Man Remastered I think they were working on it and testing it in that one and that's going to be a thing in Spider-Man 2 yeah that is what my my like initial reading of this is but also it could be they were actually just trying that stuff maybe they wanted it for miles morales maybe they wanted it for spider-man remastered and just couldn't fit it in like with the ps5 release but it does seem like a thing that's really set up for two which absolutely does seem like it'll have both like when years and years ago i heard about spider-man 2 like the sequel to spider-man the thing i was told is it's going to be miles and spider-man together like I don't know if it about switching off or whatever, but that was the the pitch that was given to me. I assume that is still the case because that is what the trailer indicated. I wonder if that means co-op as well. I wonder if that means that competitive multiplayer. I wonder if that means like a in my head, the best way to compare this is to like the new Pokemon of here, you're in an open world. Here's just two of you together. Just go do what you want. Yeah. I mean, look, I I'm simultaneously really excited at the prospect of this and like, oh, this is not for me at all. I like my Spider-Man single player. Leave me the hell alone and get off my yard. Um, I, I feel like th- th- this type of multiplayer mode, we've seen it before in things like Uncharted and things like Last of Us, where it's like the core people playing those games want what those games are, which is just linear single player experiences, right? But every once in a while, 
the multiplayer modes will break through and find their own audience and kind of turn into something bigger like Last of Us Factions, right? right. I feel like Spider-Man has the potential to do that as well, but I do think that in this day and age, games shouldn't be having multiple modes like as the goal. I think that but just make it a separate experience, especially with the different ways games can be released these days. And like, uh, it doesn't need to be full titles. It can be downloadable. It can be part of PlayStation Plus or Xbox Game Pass or whatever it is. I like the idea of this being a mode that they're either adding to uh, Spider-Man Remastered as a, a test bed and then maybe turning into a fully featured thing later. Um, or if they're going to make it part of uh, Spider-Man 2 or work towards it, I would rather it kind of be a separate yeah experience like, almost like ghost of tsushima right yeah that's what i was to say that was legends. the 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 idea in my head is what if you did ghost of tsushima legends but like put in more than just miles and uh peter parker like you could honestly sell like spider gwen and yeah, other characters universe, honestly oh my god that would be amazing i feel like that would be such a that to me is the way to actually accomplish this because i think about like the resident evil games right where it's like hey here's these great games also here's a here's a multiplayer mode here's our yeah. attempt number 18 on <laughs> what resident evil multiplayer could look like you know what i mean like and and the thing is a lot of the times those are fun experiences especially some of the co-op stuff like there's good ideas there but it ends up feeling like padding for the content of the game as opposed to like an equal experience so i feel like uh the idea of a multiplayer spider-man it works like we hear that and we're like oh i can see how this can make sense and they're even having fun with it this with the superior spider-man messaging and all that like i think that's really damn cool um but yeah to your point about the more pokemon style uh co-op of just it would be really fun to just swing around the city with friends. Yeah. You know? I like, <laughs> don't make some, it like, like Tony just... Hawk style modes of like like a graffiti thing or like a capture, uh, or like a king of the hill around the city as Spider-Man of like who can touch the most things. I love that. I think the most boring implementation they could do is you come here like a burnout paradise style thing. You sit on this thing. It loads up a multiplayer, whatever instance. Then you just like swing through some rings or whatever. And like, that's it. You, you won. That's the end mm-hmm. of it. Like, mm-hmm. okay, that I can see why you think that would be, you know, interesting or fun. But like at the end of the day, that's just such a, a non, a non-inventive way to do this. If they got really, really hands deep or elbow deep in this thing and just wanted to make a, a co-op thing with a co-op fighting system that involved like both of you using gadgets and doing combos together involving like, sure, maybe the racing stuff, but other ways to like compete in those things. I think it would be a lot more fun. I think it'd be a lot more interesting. I'm glad they're not like, we found the files. I'm glad they didn't go just with this. I'm glad they're waiting until they get to whatever it is, is the breakthrough idea that would make this an actual like hook for yeah. this mode because otherwise like if, if it were just this Im- implemented thing i'd be like oh that's cool and i'd probably just never play it yeah oh yeah for sure exactly and that's kind of my point it's like when these things feel tacked on we look at them like they're tacked on and we don't really care about it but like man insomniac knows what they have right and i feel like they are so close to just cracking the code of having multiple genres multiple ideas of genres under their belt of like no no no, we can we can do this and i feel like multiplayer is something that like they are going to nail once they really put their all into it and i think they're wrapping a a spider-man um rapper over that is a very exciting idea so we'll see yeah well well, i think we'll see if it's not in spider-man 2 then i think they would just said yeah, we we can't make this work. Like mm-hmm. whatever this was, there was no hook for it. We'll we'll keep trying, but we have not cracked the case yet. If it is in Spider-Man 2, then I'm willing to give it a shot and see how it actually works out. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. A, an idea that I've always wanted to do is a race across New York in Spider-Man. Like yeah. have two people set up PlayStations and then like three, two, one, go. And just like try to get to certain destinations. It could be pretty cool. Maybe one and day it, when we're in the studio, we'll actually do that. I know in the PS4 version, I ended up going so fast in that game that the city deloaded. Because like... <laughs> It's not a problem with the PS5 version because, like, obviously you're on the SSD. But in the the PS4 version, you could just end up going so fast that, like, there's just nothing loading anymore until you stop and hang out for a second. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, moving on to story number three: New Avatar: The Last Airbender console game seemingly leaks. Once again, from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. A new Avatar The Last Airbender console game called Quest for Balance is seemingly in development after various versions of it appeared on Amazon Japan listings. As reported by Nintendo Everything, a Nintendo Switch version of the game has been listed on the website with the November 8th release date. Listings for PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and Xbox One versions can also be found, implying that Quest for Balance will be a console game released across most platforms. The listings on Amazon Japan are for an imported English version, meaning the game will seemingly be released with the North American audience in mind. And while storefront release dates are subject to change, November 8th is an unusually specific date for a placeholder. Quest for Balance is apparently being published by Game Mill Entertainment, the company behind several Nintendo tie-in games such as Nickelodeon All-Star All Star Brawl, Nickelodeon Kart Racers, uh, oh, just those two. Given that Avatar <laughs> The Last Airbender is a Nickelodeon property, it would certainly make sense that it would be working on the title. Nothing else has been announced about Quest for Beauty with more... Quest for Balance with more information likely coming when and if the game is officially announced. Another Avatar The Last Airbender game called Avatar Generations was announced for mobile just last week. An open world RPG with squad based battles taking place across different generations of Avatar worlds. Uh, Quest for Booty, very underrated Ratchet and Clank game. Yes. Let me know. Let me tell you, everybody. Speaking of Insomniac and multiplayer, they, they cracked it once. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, what do you this. Think? I, I was jazzed like so the first paragraph is like oh shit this would be really cool then like you get further down it says game mill and like mm, okay maybe maybe not <laughs> like a triple a avatar rpg would i think be fucking incredible there's so much good world building in that like even if you didn't follow the story or have the same characters or whatever like there is so much cool in that world that you could do something genuinely amazing with it I don't know that Game Mill is up to that task. I'm not going to write them off completely. Like, the Nickelodeon All-Star game was all right for what it was. But I think this is this is like when Aspire was like, we're making remaking Knights of the Old Republic. And I was like, are you, though? And this is one of those things of, I don't know that you have the chops for this. But we'll see. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's in something they've been working on in the background. It's been, like, actually their biggest priority. I mean, that's the thing. There's a couple... Uh, words here that freak me out. One of them being November 8th. Yes, that seems it, a little too close very soon. for a yeah. game that we would hope has a bigger scope than something like Nickelodeon Kart Racers or All-Star Brawl, which admittedly, I feel like most people would agree Kart Racers, not good. Yeah. It was a bad Mario Kart clone, whereas Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, it was a good Smash clone. Not great, but good. And like it, it deserves a round of applause for the effort that they put into it and eventually getting the voice packs and all that stuff. I can't right. fault them for that. They put in the work and they knew what they were trying to do. So I have some faith that they at least understand the value that they have and, and what the value of the IP that they're they're working with. So making an Avatar game, they're going to want to do it right. But nothing about this gives me hope that they're going to do it right or that this is going to be anything that we even talk about ever again. Yeah. 
I, I'm curiosity, Tim and Barrett. You can answer this question too. Who would you want to develop an Avatar game? Oh, Barrett, I feel that's like all you. I feel like we've done this topic before, and I, I forget who I wanted the developer to be, but I wanted it to be. Um, oh, you know, it, it was. Uh, I, I threw out Sony Santa Monica, and I would want them to make uh, an Earthbender game where you're the new Avatar, but you're an Earthbender. Um, mm. Kind of like the story, like after, like after Korra's gone and stuff like that. Um, yeah, is what I would want because that would just be so freaking cool. Where it's like you, you can have like kind of this like small open world area, but not have it be too big and have it be dense with like lore and uh, world building and stuff. I think that would be so cool. Kevin Asex in the chat says platinum. <laughs> Man, if they had gotten more time, if they had gotten like a couple of more years on that game, I think it would have been pretty good. Like the underlying battle system is not bad. The rest of it, not so much. But yeah. Yeah, I mm, honestly maybe the seven remake team. Okay, like that's a like, let's weird get thing. in there. <laughs> when I'm th- when I'm think because I've been watching Reb play seven remake recently, which that game still fucking holds up. Uh, like that, like that Bowstem I think would work super well for like a team avatar thing, and like that level of polish and that level of just like fo- hyper focusing on just individual places and rooms, like as a to make a world i think would work super well for that i love that is it yeah that's that's cool i saw bless in the chat saying gorilla mm. which yeah that could be interesting different type of game but it'd be beautiful yeah yeah thank thank you Barrett, for bringing up this footage <laughs> <laughs> dude i missed this game man and run can you believe that supposedly later well this year or early next year we're getting crisis core and then a year later we're getting rebirth yeah i was i was thinking like like i said i've been watching red play and i'm just like god damn crisis core is like months it's months away and like i'm sure it's gonna add some weird shit some weird twist to remake that like they say they're not changing the story that doesn't mean they're not putting in like a post credits -credits. whatever i'm right there with you yeah but like they're gonna do that and then a year theoretically a year later who knows what delays we're gonna i've been thinking about like oh man it's gonna be so good to just like do that nibelheim flashback and then just like maybe play a Sephiroth, maybe do- like there's so much. We're 100 playing a Sephiroth. 100, yeah. it's happening. It's like I'm, awesome. I'm already at the point in my head of like who's gonna be the character that's like a guest character that like is just joining you on the side, or who's gonna be the DLC character after? Is Yuffie mm-hmm. gonna come join us in this game? And if so, is she gonna play the same as she does in uh, the DLC? I imagine. I, and then yeah. I, I think Vincent will be the the next DLC one. Yeah, I think either Vincent or Sid. Yeah. No, Sid, they're going to make, a, uh, I think, a core. I think they'll make him a core eventually, like in the third game. But like, he's the one that I think has the has the most story that you could put a DLC campaign around that is not just Dirt to Cerberus again. Fair. Although, they might want to do that, right? Oh, they might, yeah. They, yeah, Dirt to Cerberus remake, baby! They fucking love that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> God, real talk, real fast. Do you think that... Um, uh, Crisis Core is going to hold up because I love the story. I love the characters. The gameplay for the time and for it being on PSP was like was very fun. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to hold up gameplay wise. Uh, what do you think? I played it recently, and man, the pacing is just all the way, all over the place. Like you do very climactic things, and then suddenly, like in the next scene, Zach is chilling on a beach with Cisne, just like hanging out, and then the next chapter starts. And it's it's good overall like for a psp game it was very good i don't know how it's gonna hold up on consoles 
But all that said, when you finish that game, the only thing you're thinking about is how good that last bit is. Oh, it's it so is good. So fucking good. Ten is, out of ten. It is one of like that last scene is one of the best things Square Enix has put out ever. Period. I love it so much, Imran. So damn much. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Before we move on to the next story, I want to tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Shopify, who powers all of the merch on kindoffunny.com slash store. Shopify is the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale, including Kind of Funny and Rooster Teeth. Shopify has thousands of integrations and third-party apps from on-demand print Printing, to accounting, to advanced chatbots, and beyond. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames, that's all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Again, that is shopify.com slash kfgames. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames right now shopify.com slash kf games now andy take it away shout out to uplift for sponsoring this episode i've been using my uplift desk for well over a year now i love the thing so much i decided to write a rap song for them the build quality is real good it's made of real high quality wood they didn't ask for it i just did it anyway getting my uplift desk immediately improved my mood whenever i'm on shows i'm standing up i'm feeling a lot more energetic and also i kind of feel like i was just maybe creating some bad habits sitting down at a desk all day i would move my legs up i'd sit underneath my legs on my chair and eventually all that stuff just created really bad back pain for me choose from laminate whiteboard bamboo solid wood butcher block or even custom solid wood or laminate options uplift desk won new york times wire cutters best standing desk from 2019 to 2022 and while i'm at it i'm just going to give them an award as well best standing desk that i use in my bedroom from when they sent it to me until now uplift desk have a 15 year warranty they ship the same day you order with free shipping and free return shipping so if you've been feeling the effects of sitting at a desk for eight hours a day maybe you want some more energy in your life maybe you want to do squats in the middle of a zoom call or something uplift your life go to kindoffunny.com slash uplift gotta love andy cortez story number four ghost of tsushima's movie director wants to make it a japanese language film with the japanese cast this comes from eric masoto at collider uh back when the surprise hit parasite won the academy award for best film in 2020 internationally acclaimed filmmaker bong jun ho reminded viewers that once you overcome the one inch tall barrier of subtitles what a great way to put it. You will be introduced to so many more amazing films. Now an exclusive interview with Collider, film director Chad Stahalski, known from John Wick Chapter 4 and other John Wick projects, is echoing those words and teasing that he intends to prove Bong right by filming the upcoming Ghost of Tsushima movie in adapt adaptation entirely in Japanese. In an interview with Collider, he said, honestly, it's probably the same things that would scare the shit out of most people. It's a fantasy period piece. It's done with reverence to Akira Kurosawa, who was probably in the top five biggest influencers of, of my life as far as film goes. It's a chance to push technology and people in a story that's timeless. It's your typical mythological story of good versus evil, finding a man, watching him change the world, or the world change him. It's all the Joseph Campbell stuff that you love in a story. You put that in with obviously, so I'm told I have a bit of a samurai 
samurai fetish, which is probably true for manga and anime and stuff. So I think if we did this right, it would be visually stunning. It's character driven. It's got an opportunity for great action, great looks. And honestly, we we try to do it all in on character, meaning it's a Japanese thing about the Mongols invading Tsushima Island, a complete Japanese cast in Japanese. Sony's so on board with backing us on that. I've been going to Japan since I was 16. I have a love of the country, love of the people, love of the language to try to direct not only in my language, but in someone else's and culturally shift my mindset to bring apart that in a cool way that still entices a Western audience. Imran, mm. what do you think? This sounds cool. I think that's probably the way to do it. I don't know how successful that would be. But on the other hand, like, everything everywhere all at once just made $100 million. And that was a very, like, culturally specific and also sometimes language specific movie. So I could definitely see, like, this thing doing well if they do it that way. Uh, fun note, the screenwriter of this movie, the writer of this movie, I went to high school with him. We Whoa. hung out a lot. Like, I emailed him after the story came out, like, hey, are you writing the Ghost of Shima movie? He's like, yeah. Like we we talked a bit since then, but it's a very it's a very strange thing when they like did that story. Like, hey, do I know that? Is that the guy that like I remember talking about in math class, Metroid in math class for like an hour because we weren't I doing anything it. that day. But yeah, it's it's I'm excited for this movie. I want to check it out because Goshima, I think worked really well as a game, but I think as a st samurai story, it's actually fairly compelling for a large audience. So I think they can pull it off pretty easily. Yeah. And I, I think that like, what they're talking about here of the all Japanese cast and doing in Japanese is cool. And like in this moment in time, I think that that push forward is very positive. And I think that there is an audience there. Video game movies and TV shows in the last couple of years have proven that they don't need to be terrible. They can actually be quite good. And I feel like we're on the precipice of getting some great ones. And I think that this potentially could be that. I mean, uh, this director is extremely talented. Like anybody that has seen the John Wick movies know that. So um, I feel like this has a lot of potential. And again, it's one of those good steps towards yeah. things. Like would would this be even better if it was also a Japanese director and Japanese writers? Yes, absolutely. Um, but I do think that this is a, a, a great use of progress well, okay. towards like using the platform for for that. I will say the friend of mine who's writing it is Japanese. Well, so, then hell yeah. There you yeah. go. There you go. So but, like, yeah, this, this seems very good. I am, I am excited for whatever this, however this turns out. I'm actually like really movies, modern movies. This is like a total digression, but modern movies, it's very clear that like the new directors, like the Daniels just mentioned everything we all wants, like kind of cut their teeth on watching anime as kids. And it's very clear and obvious that, like, that's influencing how their new directorial style. And I think that's working out really well for, like, the kind of interesting uh, action sequences and storytelling they're doing. I mean, uh, have you seen Bullet Train? Not yet, no. So Bullet Train, it was uh, directed by the guy that directed um, uh, Deadpool 2 and also worked with this guy on some of the John Wick movies. And that is, it's an anime come to life. <laughs> like, it is, like, it's it's insane chaos and i highly recommend people watch it just because it's fun as hell yeah. uh but yeah you're absolutely right like there's just been a generation of people that grew up with the awesome shenanigans that anime allows and they're like you know i want to put that on film and not so much a direct adaptation of let's take anime and make it uh real life the, the exact same story and stuff but more just like the style of it and like the the creativity of it all you know yeah like like jordan peele has mentioned he's a huge fan of dragon ball and that like influenced his the way he directs it's like you can't really tell because like the way he directs is nothing like dragon ball but i guess he found a way to make that what that meant to him into his own directorial style i think we're going to see more and more of that as like these movies come out yeah 
absolutely. Um, moving on, Imran, to story number five from Private Division announces publishing partnership. That's a lot of P's there. Private Division announces publishing partnership with Weta Workshop. This is the press release. Private Division, a publishing label of Take-Two Interactive Software, Inc., today announced that they have signed a new publishing agreement with Weta Workshop, best known for their work on Middle Earth for Lord of the Rings trilogy. In 2014, Weta Workshop founded an interactive game division and are now developing a new game set in the Middle Earth universe of J.R.R. Tolkien's Middle Earth Enterprises have licensed the literary works of the series, providing Weta Workshop with the broadest creative license to interpret the underlying lore of the books. It's a privilege to create a new game set in Middle Earth, especially one that's so different from what fans have played previously, said Ami Wolken, head of interactive at Weta Workshop. As fans ourselves, we're excited for gamers to explore Middle Earth in a way they never have before and introduce new fans to the magic of the Lord of the Rings. This title is in early development and does not yet have an announced release date. It's expected to launch during Take-Two's fiscal year 2024, right alongside the Gollum game. That last bit was a joke that I just added. Uh, Private Division and Weta Workshop look forward to sharing more details about this game in the future. Emrod, does anything come from this? I mean, they'll probably do something. There's been more canceled Lord of the Rings games lately than there have been Lord of the Rings games that actually released, but like Amazon's got the money now. I assume uh, Take-Two is seeing that and thinking, okay, Lord of the Rings is going to be big like it's always been big but bigger is going to be more of a moment and a focus soon so they're probably trying to get ahead of that i looked up when a workshop and i saw this news this morning they've not like they started a studio they've only done like very very small products and like interactive experiences and stuff like that i again i'm really surprised that they're going okay we'll make a game from this but who knows maybe it will work out I'm very confused about what private division even is anymore because it was at one point an indie publishing label and now seems to be just publishing Lord of the Rings games. <laughs> so, like, something might come from it. It's not as, like, I think the reason stuff like the, the MMO was canceled was it was way too ambitious for what they were trying to do. But this seems like it's going to be a smaller experience, like, just based on the fact that Private Division's doing it and the fact that I don't know what the fuck these guys have done or, or what they're capable of. So I assume this is going to be, like, I would assume a Divinity Original Sin-style RPG or something like mm. that. But we we will see. I if this suddenly gets mentioned as yeah, we're not working on, on that anymore. I would not be shocked. Yeah, totally. I, I, what is awesome? I mean, they've done a lot of really great stuff. Like they've they've had some bad stuff too. But like I remember recently, we we're doing a story about them talking about uh, asset library that they're working on and uh, trying to allow Unreal Five uh, users to be able to just have access to this giant stock library of stuff. And yeah. there's technology there that is really cool. It could potentially change the game. So I want to support that. I want to support that type of uh, momentum, but. Uh, I, it's also just you hear these stories and you're like, all right, these partnerships that pop up like three every week, you're like, how many of these are actually going to follow through? And this is one that I'm like, you know what? I don't believe it. I don't think yeah. we're going to see it. I don't know if Unity owns this aspect. Mm -hmm. Like, because Unity bought Weta like a year ago, less than a year ago. And I don't know whether they own Weta Workshop. Like, that's a thing maybe I should look into a little bit, but it's. I, if if Unity's involved, that's not great because Unity kind of sucks. But we'll see. We'll see where this like what they take this and like where where it would be something interesting. Yeah, definitely. Story number six. 
everything shown during the thq nordic showcase 2022 this comes from jordan midler at vgc thq nordic's digital showcase has ended and we have all the details about every game shown at the event this happened uh last week i think it was last friday and uh we couldn't live react to it because we were doing a different stream and you know all things said and done i don't think we missed too much but for some people maybe imran there's some things here. THQ Nordics uh, officially unveiled Alone in the Dark, a reimagining of the classic horror series that every single person was waiting to come back. Oh, wait, no, that was Silent Hill. Uh, Alone <laughs> in the Dark is in development at THQ Swedish studio, Pieces Interactive. The third-person single-player horror game has been in development for four years with Mikhail Hedberg, who worked on Amnesia and Soma, directing and writing the game and monster designs by Guy Davis from Evolve and Pacific Rim. Uh, let's stop there. What do, you, what do you think about this? This is like the third time they've tried to reboot Lone in the Dark. Like, I remember a, a PS1 era reboot. I remember a PS2 era reboot. And then I think this is the, th like, yeah, this is probably be the third time they're doing it. Uh, fine. It's, it feels like it's entering a very crowded market of kind of psychological horror games. If it's a very good one, then great. I, I if it like rises above like the amnesias and all that like cool but we'll we'll THQ Nordic has not been known for their original development so I don't know exactly I don't know the precedent we're going for this like how much money are they really pumping into this how much quality control do they really exert yeah it's really interesting that you know alone in the dark nowadays it's been a, lo a long enough time that I don't think that that's a franchise that jumps to people's mind but at a period of time it was big enough that it got a movie like it yeah. got a big hollywood movie so um it coming back now i do think that having the director from amnesia and soma and then this monster designer who like it's an iconic monster design guy like gives this a little bit more hope and at the end of the day that we've had so many of these type of smaller indie horror games like the psychological horror stuff but if you can take the talent that actually worked on some of the good ones and just put it in the the here's the fancy ip that people have heard of before of alone in the dark mm -hmm. at least it gives it more uh potential than if it was just called something different <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean i also so. did not know thu nordic owned alone in the dark until now yeah Which i, I mean, guess they own everything that we should ever just been assume Europe. yeah yeah exactly uh other things announced tempest rising it's a base building real-time strategy game set in a modern day alternative history war scenario Space for Sale follows an astronaut on a mission to explore strange new worlds, seek out new life, and build real estate on an alien world. <laughs> Space for Sales, that's a good name for that. Mm. Uh, Recreation is the new game from Three Fields Entertainment, the team made up of developers behind Burnout and Need for Speed. It's like W-R-E-C-K, Recreation. Ah, they're, they're very punny over there, and I appreciate it. And Gothic, the remake of the most iconic German RPG ever, is currently <laughs> in development for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series S and X by uh, Alchemia Interactive. And there's also trailers for Jagged Alliance 3, Outcast 2, A New Beginning, SpongeBob, The Cosmic Shake, AEW Fight Forever, Knights of Honor 2, Sovereign, Destroy All Humans 2, Reprobed, Way of the Hunter, Stuntfest Worlds 4, and The Valiant. It's a lot of games, Imran. Yeah. Recreation sounds very cool. Uh, hopefully, now that they have a publisher, it'll be like, it'll avoid the pitfalls that, like, the, uh, was it Dangerous Driving keeps making of, like, they don't have enough content, they don't have the full, like, crash mode. The last one had more stuff, but, like, didn't have a soundtrack. Like, it's... Because <laughs> they, like, you can't really match a Burnout soundtrack without EA's money, but yeah. you can't, like, so they just, like, there's no music, just use Spotify. Mm. And hopefully this one, like, 
actually it hits those same high notes the old games did. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Also looking forward to AEW Fight Forever as evidenced by the fact that I'm wearing a CM Punk t-shirt. Hell yeah. Uh I I love the old N64 games. I like those were some of my favorite games on that system. I hope this one's just as good. It doesn't look great, but if it plays great, that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and uh, the chat is letting me know here that actually that we missed something. There was a post-credit scene to the THQ Nordics uh, showcase. It looks like a new South Park game is finally mm. on the way. Uh, this comes from Games Radar, Vicky Blake. Uh, while we have very, very, very little information to go on, all we really have is the South Park Digital Studios logo and a mysterious voiceover. Uh, that may or may not depict Stan Marsh dealing with something that is hot, hot, hot. The teaser at the end of the THQ Nordic's recent 2022 showcase at least confirms that a new installment is definitely coming. Uh, it happened after the presentation. Thank you for watching screen. This message popped on the screen. So that's that's interesting. Um, so yeah, cool. Another yeah. South Park game. THQ that's, Nordic. that's weird how that license it because it was the first game, or not first game, but like the first stick of truth was... Uh, THQ. Wasn't it Ubisoft who made that? I I thought the second game was Ubisoft. Fractured but whole was UB. Yes. Okay, no, it was was THQ. THQ went out of business. Ubisoft picked it up. Then Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that was a game where uh, Matt and Trey were interviewed by Greg Miller at like four different events. And the game was who was publishing the game changed like every single time <laughs> like who was bringing them to greg changed every single time so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that that was hilarious. yeah so yeah obsidian developed it and then ubisoft ended up publishing sick of truth but and, probably yeah, at that ubisoft time they had very little hands in the creative process at that point and yeah. then ubsf made fractured butthole yeah yeah so i guess the rights somehow came to thq nordic after that which is sure sure why not <laughs> Why not? Again, uh, we have not seen a lot of original development from them, so it, it's so hard to be like excited or concerned yet. We're just got to see what they can do. Yep. Final story, number seven. Multiverse's next fighters have been revealed. This comes from Michael McWhorter at Polygon. Multiverse's first season of content officially kicks off Monday, and players got an unexpected surprise to go along with it. Two newly confirmed fighters. Developer Player First Games and Warner Brothers revealed that Black Adam from the DC universe is here to change the hierarchy of everything you've known about multiverses. And Warner brothers revealed um, that the gremlins are also headed to multiverses or stripe from the gremlins is headed to multiverses and new artwork from the competitive platform fighter black Adam and stripe will have to wait for multiverses. Other confirmed additions, Rick and Morty from Rick and Morty <laughs> to join the smash like free to play fighting game. First, the good news is that Morty's arrival is imminent. He's joining the multiverses fight on August 23rd. Right before Gizmo is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like they've done that a couple times now, where like they they chose interesting characters over like the ones that you'd expect. Yeah, I assume they're gonna do Gizmo eventually, but like it's interesting to like throw in Stripe. I am already sick of Black Adam. I am already tired <laughs> of hearing about Black Adam. I'm tired of the character. Like the the Rock pushing it in literally everything I've seen. Like he was in that Super Pets movie too. Mm-hmm. Like it we we don't need to push black adam that hard like we can we could use other superheroes at some point but i don't know amron you can't shift the hierarchy of power in the dceu without black adam i so. guess so uh have you played multiverse as much yet tim 
not too much enough to be like i'm not loving this just based how it feels because i am a you know a privileged little smash player (laughs) i i had to turn it to smash controls and i got like i i've enjoyed what i've played so far but every time i'm like do i want to commit to this by like buying a founder's pack or whatever it's like no probably not like there's something it feels real good as as a smash brothers like a game it is probably the closest i've ever played but there's just like one or two things that feel off like it feels like i'm just whiffing everything i hit or it's it's not a bad game by any means whatsoever i think it's actually a very fun very good video game but it's not quite there and i think it's one of those situations of if you come at the king you better not miss because like i feel like i feel like unless they really really hit something huge like like some big breakthrough happens this is a game that might disappear in like a year or two and then probably will never come back after that we'll see man I, I feel like the success it's having right now like there's definitely an appeal to a mainstream that these crossover games either hit right in the beginning or totally miss and i feel like this one's hitting so far i'm rooting yeah. for it i'm hoping that you know they iron out some of the kinks i know we've been do- talking about a whole bunch of stories on the show about like them changing the hitbox hurtbox stuff and like working on the balance of some things i hope that a couple months from now i play it and i'm like oh man they it feels right now like they yeah. they did it you know and i i wouldn't be surprised if that's the case like they're listening to the feedback and, and taking it in and i i want this game to succeed more than anything because i i feel like that we're not going to get another smash for a long time if ever we yeah. will eventually but um i love this type of stuff and I, I i was saying this last week but it's like i i'm really sad that smash brothers ultimate doesn't have the type of daily challenges and things that this game has like that would be awesome but. Yeah, I, I I guess I'm I am more paranoid about it, but they are being way like way more reactive to the audience and to like the fighting game aspect of it than Smash Brothers ever was. So maybe that's the that's the angle for it. Maybe that's the avenue is if you wanted a Smash Brothers game that actually takes the fighting aspect of it very seriously, this is that. But on the other hand, like I don't know, you revealed two new characters today in my responses. I've seen enough Black Adam. Like, maybe that's not the most exciting avenue for this. But we'll see. I'm hoping that it will grow and actually become a thing that can stand toe-to-toe. Totally. And I think that in order for the game to majorly succeed in the future and for a long term, is it's going to have to ride the wave of promotion of other things like Black Adam and then get weird like this character from Gremlins. And I feel like... It's that balance necessary to like, just say, yeah, let's keep going. And like, I'm okay getting the Black Adams that like, I'm with you. I don't really care about. But if that allows them to get a little bit more weird with other characters, and then eventually two years from now, we're going to look at this roster screen and be like, how is this real? <laughs> like, I'm I'm hopeful for that. I mean, we got LeBron James, you know? Yeah. I'm hopeful for more uh, crowd pleasing characters because that brings in more new new players who have never played this game before. And that's how I have the most fun is beating them down. There you go. There you yeah. go. The Imran special. Well, <laughs> them bringing in a whole bunch of more nerdy characters might be so far away. If I want to know what's coming to mom and grop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, we have Multiverses Season 1 on PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and pc uh we have fashion police squad on pc we have whatever land on pc 
and we have Monster Tribe on PC. Some new dates for you. Genshin Impact version 3 arrives on August 24th. Overcooked meets Spirited Away in Onsen Master, releasing on September 1st for Nintendo Switch, Xbox Series S and X, and PC. And that's all. A little squad up action for you. This comes from Philip JS. His Discord name is Philip, P-H-I-L-I-P-J-S, number 4666. Hello, Tim and Imran, longtime listener, first-time Patreon supporter. Thank you so much. I'm Philip, 26 years old, from Vienna, Austria, and I'd love to make some friends in the KF community. Usually, I'm not much of a multiplayer guy, but would like to try Ghost of Tsushima, Legends, I know I'm late, Elden Ring Co-op, or maybe just talk about our shared love of video games or Marvel slash Star Wars. Oh, and if by chance there are any KFBFs in Vienna, let me know, and maybe we can meet up sometime. Thank you for everything you do. Love you guys. Bye. Hell yeah. Go. Shout out, Philip. Check him out. Philip JS. And, and, you know, make some friends. Do some cool yeah. stuff. Now let's check out what we got wrong on kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Um, Nanobiologist says, bless, could see Dylan Sprouse. He was Yozora in Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm. Yozora might have a bigger role. So, yeah, his Zack and Cody dreams might come true. <laughs> um, Let's see. D23 has had had... Ha- this also comes from Nanobiologist. D23 has had game showcases before. In 2018 at D23 Japan, they revealed Monsters, Inc. World for Kingdom Hearts 3. And then at the D23 Anaheim, they did reveal the Toy Story World. Yeah, okay, um, that was the trailer that I was playing earlier was the D23 one. Awesome. Uh, Nanobiologist also writes in and says, A Lone of the Dark had a reboot in the PS4 and Xbox One era, but it was only on PC. It was called Alone of the Dark Illumination, released in 2015 and required online play. Alone in the Dark Light is a weird name for an Alone in the Dark series. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Um, and that's that's all we got for you, Ron. We killed it, Ron. We're professionals. Yeah. You got to love it. Uh, tomorrow's hosts on the show are me and Bless. Wednesday, we got Bless and Witta. Thursday, we have Bless and Cameron Hawkins. And Friday, we have me and Bless. Uh, really going to be a great time for everybody involved if you're watching live on twitch after this is inside the back rooms with mike and nick if you want to catch that stream later you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays remember this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that until next time i love you all